fake news, the reproducibility crisis and politics are all reasons why the public may distrust science. We spoke to Gareth Mitchell, host on the BBC World Service radio show Click and lecturer in Imperial College London's Science Communication Department to find out a little bit more about science communication. Please can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your journey and role as a science communicator? Indeed. Uh, well, my name is Gareth Mitchell and I'm a lecturer in science communication at Imperial College London and I'm also one of the science radio presenters at the BBC. My own journey into science communication started with doing an engineering degree at Imperial College, enjoying the engineering but equally and maybe even more enjoying the student radio at Imperial. So I started doing a lot of student radio and that wasn't communication. Well, it was communication, but it wasn't science communication. But along the way, I discovered that there was a master's in science communication, on which I now teach, but I did that master's myself. And doing the master's was a way of then getting me into professional science communication, mainly because during the course I started freelancing for BBC Science Radio, and I've carried on doing that ever since. So I suppose, you know, since then I've been a professional science communicator as a practitioner, and and also bizarrely now as a teacher. Why is science communication so important to you? Science communication really matters to me just as an individual who really loves science and finds it really interesting. So if you find something interesting, you want to go and talk about it. So there is personal validation there as somebody who would be reading science books and publications and would be watching science documentaries and listening to science podcasts anyway. But I think a, a wider thing is just that this is a knowledge-based society, an economy. Uh, was it ever thus, I suppose? But these days, it really is all about being able to communicate the outcomes of research for all kinds of reasons. You know, it might be for, um, as a researcher in the scientific community, uh, raising the uh, funding uh, or making the case for what you're doing and um, for debunking some of the rubbish that other people speak when they think they know about things like climate change and the controversial areas of science so counteracting some of the bs with evidence-based argument i think is incredibly important in science communication and also I, I see science very much as culture you know some people will look at say art and music and sport and then science almost as, as very separate things whereas i see science as just part of the cultural output of humanity it's something that goes on so as part of culture i mean cultures develop through communicating ideas and science is as much of that as anything else so as well as really great science communicators like yourself, there are also a lot of really great scientists that are also amazing science communicators. Do you think that more scientists should get involved with science communication and why? Yeah, I really think that scientists should become involved in communication. And a scientist at this point might expect me to say, well, it's their duty. You know, a lot of them are paid through the public purse in some form or another. And actually, I suppose it is a scientist's duty. But I think saying that to scientists is a bit like saying, you, you know, you've got to eat your greens. You've got to go and see the in-laws. And I really don't want to see scientists in the media or at conferences or public engagement events 
I don't want to see them there because they feel that's what they have to do because it all seems very begrudging. Now, I think the, the real reason for scientists communicating is that uh, it's an opportunity for them to, I think, develop professionally, to fall even more in love with what they're doing. They got into research because they cared about that area in the first place. And I think taking that to other people and finding out how and why other people care about it, or maybe even question it or critique it in some way, I think is is really enriching for scientists. So just, I, I think a scientist should just understand that they are part of our community, they're part of our society, they are cultural actors in themselves, and communication just goes along with that. I think it's good for society, it's good for audiences, it's good for publics, it's good for curious people like me who really, really want to know, dear researcher, what you're doing, I care about this, please tell me more. But I think most of all, for the individual researcher, it is a professional skill, it is part of being a scientist these days. And do you think being an effective science communicator has become more important over recent years. Yeah, I think so. It's, it, and I think because there have been these have been good times. You know, I've been involved in science communication for about twenty-five years, and I've seen a huge change in that time, and a huge change in researchers' own attitudes to communicating. And when I used to go to groups of researchers, say twenty years ago, and tell them much of what I'm telling you now on this podcast, there would be quite a lot of resistance. You, you know, you had to win them over and, and try and win the argument before we even started talking about communication. These days, I think researchers are much more receptive to the idea of being a communicator. Of course, they have concerns, they have some scepticism, and rightly so, because there are definitely problems with communicating. But when it comes to effectiveness, I think so many researchers over these last couple of decades have got the message and they've understood they need to go out there and communicate. Well, now, if you're a researcher going out and doing science communication for the first time, you've got some competition out there. You know, there are other peers in your field who are good at this stuff, who are good at communicating. So you really need to, you need to be effective. You need to be confident in your message and go out there and think carefully about what you're saying and be an effective communicator and I think if we can be mercenary about this it's just it's winning that grant money it's going out getting those grants it's proving that you do the engagement it's bringing value back to your research group and your institution you just have to be an effective communicator. So if a researcher were looking for a way to get more involved with science communication what would you suggest as the first stepping stone for that? Right, well, I think the, the very first stepping stone, and people might expect me to say, well, you've got to go you know, do a public engagement event or you've got to go and speak at a, a conference. I think in the first instance, just go home tonight and tell your partner or your family or your drinking buddies in the pub, or if you don't like pubs, you know, go to your local coffee shop and um, just see if you can work the conversation round to what you do. And all those people in your peer group and in your family and who sit next to you at the Christmas dinner and say, do you I still have no idea what you do. I still don't understand it. Well, just try and get them to understand it. So what I'm saying is that the first steps really is just, you know, in your own social groups, peer groups, families, partners, whatever, just talking about what you do in a way that they can understand. That's a great first step. This is really good stuff. Then there's all the stuff you're probably expecting me to say, which is there are so many different ways of getting into public engagement. Like at Imperial College, we have the Imperial Festival every uh, April, May kind of time. It's in spring because it always rains. That's how I know it's that time of year. <laughs> um, 
But our scientists and research community at Imperial College get really involved in the festival. And your own institution, wherever that is, probably has something like that. If it doesn't, why not go and set one up? Because the message I get back from researchers at Imperial College who've taken part in the festival is how pleasantly surprised they are at how much visitors and the public and families coming around for the day, how much they care about what you do, how good the questions are that they ask, how fulfilling and validating it is to spend a day talking about what you're doing and for people actually to give a, give a damn, I'll use the polite phrase. Okay, so first steps to going into science communication, all those things, try and take part in public engagement events, tell your family what you're up to, maybe be proactive within your institution, speaking to the press office, for instance, making sure that they have your name down as as an expert in your field. So when the media calls up the institution for a comment, you're the person they end up calling. Um, And that, for instance, happened to Brian Cox. You know, he was just one of those friendly physicists that the media would call for comments on um, physics. And, well, the rest, as they say, is history. And I'm not saying you have to be Brian Cox or Alice Roberts or any of these necessarily really well-known names, but just being proactive and doing it because you enjoy it and that it's part of your skill set and isn't just this rather grudging, you know, duty, honour thing that you feel that you ought to do. Um, Say it like you mean it, I think, is the message. The field of science communication is growing and expanding so rapidly. How do you see this continuing to evolve in the future? So I see that it's the whole field of science communication, like any other field, is bound to evolve. Uh, Part of that is obviously as media forms evolve. You know, if you think about the way scientists were doing outreach and engagement when I first started, they might do a little spot on tomorrow's world, remember that, or they were doing you know, what we might these days call old media. Um, now, of course, uh, they are tweeting, they're Instagramming. You know, there are microbiologists who will just do an Instagram pic every day of some amazing like microscope image that they have. So how is it evolving? Well, of course, there'll be more of that driven by... Um, however social media platforms evolve over time uh, virtual reality mixed reality all those kinds of things um but i suppose it will also evolve in a cultural sense you know we have seen incredible changes in scientists attitudes to communicating and indeed public attitudes to science so uh, and and it will evolve i'm sure in good ways as you know we become ever more scientifically literate as economies become ever more knowledge based there'll be an ever greater need for scientists to communicate but of course we must remember that we are living in something of a post truth era at the moment how is that going to evolve are these arguments going to be settled probably not so we need to be on our guard you know we are seeing terms like post truth that are part of the everyday vernacular um, we are seeing senior politicians just shrugging their shoulders and dismissing evidence. We we don't need evidence. We don't need the experts. There's huge scepticism out there at the highest levels in society about the experts, about the elite, about the research establishment. So how is it going to evolve? Well, there may be more arguments and more frictions and more tensions around those. So we in the research community need to be on our guard. And that involves you, dear listener, if you're in the research community listening to that, being ready to counteract the rubbish and evolving not just with the glitzy social media and the fun stuff that's going to happen, but some of the public um, attitudes and institutional attitudes for better or for worse that are going to evolve over the coming decades. Okay, brilliant. Some really interesting science communication insights there. Thank you so much for your time, Gareth. You're very welcome.